Welcome to Changing Conversations with Billy Burke and me, Sarah Philp. This is a podcast creating space for conversations with, for and by educators. Conversation is one of the oldest ways to nurture the conditions for growth and improvement. When we talk about what matters, we come alive and conversation has the power to guide us into new and different actions offering the potential for great things. We bring you conversations that have resonance both now and in the future. With the help of guests and the odd solo episode, we explore leadership, learning and well-being. We have the conversations we know you want to listen to. In this episode, I'm joined by David Mitchell, who's the head teacher of Dunoon Grammar School. The school's recently won a couple of awards, both centred around their community collaboration. David shares more about what this means, how they've got there and where to next. David, it's great to see you. How are you today? I'm fine and thank you for having me along to, tonight. Um, I had a great day at school, so I'm quite in a high today. It's been a lovely day. Um, really good seeing all our young people back from, from holiday, so hearing what they'd got up to and all the exciting places they'd been. So it's been a really, really good day today. Good, good. So so let's let's follow that thread. Tell us a little bit about um, who you are, what you do, where you are. Okay, so as you said, my name's David Mitchell. Um, um, I originally uh, grew up in Dunoon, um, so I came home to be the head teacher here. Um, but be, before that, um, I trained as a design and technology teacher um, at Jordan Hill and it just uh, amalgamated with Strathclyde University. Um, I was lucky enough to get my first job in, in Oban High School in 1997 and I was there for 13 years, it was a fantastic 13 years. I worked under um, a, a great head teacher in Linda Kirkwood and then latterly Peter Bain. Um, so I learned a lot from, from both of them. Um, during my time in Oban High School, I was a guidance teacher. Um, and a principal teacher of design and technology before my last three years, been deputy head teacher. Um, and then moved to Castle Douglas in 2010 uh, and stayed there for three years as head teacher, my first head teacher post at Castle Douglas High School. Lovely school, loved it, it was just brilliant. Um, and then in 2013, I got my dream job as, as head teacher of, of Dunoon Grammar School. A bit strange coming back to see a number of the teachers that taught me um, sitting in the audience on my first day. <laughs> uh, but it was um, a, an absolute pleasure to come back to Dunoon Grammar School. And I've been here um, now, um, this is my 11th year as head teacher. Um, although um, for the last 16 months up until the summer, I was act, uh, actually a joint head teacher of Campbelltown Grammar School. And, and doing grammar school so which was an exciting challenge a difficult challenge the commute was only 132 miles but that's okay <laughs> um, but um, no it's great to be back as I say it is my dream job um, I have a, a wonderful supportive family um, who let me do my job to, to the best of my ability my wife Flora she's the family liaison, liaison officer in one of the local primary schools I have three children who have gone through doing grammar school two are still there once at university training to be a chemistry teacher, although I didn't think I didn't <laughs> say to her teacher, is that the right profession for you? But no. Um so she's still she's wanting to go in there and two, as I say, two are still at school. Um I'm one in sixth year and one in and one in fourth year. And I, I enjoy a game of golf, um, my football on a Friday night, um, and going to, to Tannadice Park to watch Dundee United um on a Saturday, um, which is again a long commute, but well worth it. Um mm. but I do have to say my job is the best job in the world. I love it. I love every minute of it. I love every day going into my work. Um, and there's not one day that I, I haven't enjoyed it. So. Gosh, I have to say that's not something I hear every day. 
that people love every element of their job. What what is it? Because that's quite a powerful statement you've made there. What is it about the job you the people I work with? The yeah. people I work with, you know, um, you have challenging days and there are times where you know, you, you do think to yourself, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness. But, you know, the people around you make your job so much easier. I have a great and always have a great senior leadership team in Dunoon, um, a great middle management team, um, really supportive staff, even when they don't agree with me. Mm-hmm. They, they, you know, they'll challenge me and things, yeah. but even when they don't agree with you, they go on with their jobs. And the young people um, in Dunoon are really, really special. Um, and they they buy into the vision of the school, um, and that makes my job so much easier. And that that's the best part of of what I feel a head teacher's job is 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 being in amongst the young people at breaks and lunch times and in classes, etc. So, yeah. um, although it's challenging at times, um, it is the best job in the world. Yeah, and you've got as you as we heard there quite a strong connection and tie to. The school but also I guess the community as well I, I imagine that serves you well it certainly does um, I think you get more out of the community um, and you know when you make a mistake because let's be honest we all make mistakes mm. um, and when you make a mistake um, you get forgiven quicker <laughs> um, and you know I, I think having grown up in the town uh, and spent my my youth here and you know even some of my adulthood here um knowing people has been a huge huge benefit um to me as head teacher here and um, but also to to how i would like the school to run um it has been a huge advantage yeah and um, we'll probably pick up on that theme around community and, and building community as well but um it would be remiss of me not to mention the fact that you as a school um have won a couple of awards recently um so tell us a little bit about what those awards are for and i guess what's at the heart of them what's at the core of those awards um um how how has that come about i guess i suppose and we'll probably speak about this a bit later on but i suppose over the last 10 years we've we've worked very hard at trying to develop a curriculum not just of knowledge but of skills um, particularly around the broad general education and you know over the, the last 10 years the school has won several awards and been recognized for for the work that they have done you know we won apps for good school of the year um a few years ago we became the first school in scotland to win the jea entrepreneurial school of the year which linked into all of the i suppose the community and entrepreneurial work that has been been on in the school but most recently we won T4's education in world's best school for community collaboration. Um, and, and that came about from, from being involved in World Education Week. Uh, Scotland's Enterprising Schools nominated us to take part in World Education Week. Yeah. Um, and we presented there and we took a different tack to it. Um, instead of it just being talking heads, we involved all our young people. Um, we did a sketch, all, you know, to try and sell our story, yeah. um, and it was great. We did Harry Potter, we did uh, the Greatest Showman. You know, we were involved three three years now, and we did Back to the Future, um, in one year as well. Um, and the organisers basically called us bonkers. That was their <laughs> term, just because of the way we were doing things. Um, so they um asked us to apply for the world's best school prizes and we didn't think we had any any hope for it at all um but we sold our story we told our story the judging panel 
um, absolutely loved it. It was a judging panel from across the globe. Um, and then making the top ten, we were we were overjoyed at making the top ten, mm -hmm. um, and then we were informed that we had made the top three, um, and then you know we thought, do you know what, this is just amazing, what great accolade for the school, but last October, um, during my October holidays, I got a phone call, and when I was in Arran actually, and uh, Vikas Potter, the the founder of T Four Education, told us that we had won the award. Um and it was going to be nominated announced uh, the following week. Um, and it was just unbelievable. I have to say, I had a tear in my eye. It was just unbelievable to think all the work that we've been going on, been doing over the last ten, eleven years was being recognised like that. Um, and so, so that's how that award came about. And then we we found out that somebody we don't know who nominated us for a business education award. Uh, for uh, it was the community award and um, Paul Gallinach and I, Paul's principal teacher of uh, business and computing, attended an award ceremony in London, um, and there was a lot of private schools there. Um, we didn't think we were going to win, mm. um, and again we we won that award. Um, and again, it just shows the the work that the staff and the young people have done in school has has really really meant and mattered to people. So. Yeah. I get a sense listening to you there that there's there's an element of creativity, there's an element of um I guess risk taking in some ways, because you can't be that creative and be described as bonkers and not have taken any <laughs> risks or pushed at the edges of things. Is that a fair yeah. fair assumption? Yep, absolutely. And 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 again, you know, my big message to, to everybody is don't be scared to take risks. You know, if you don't take risks, you're you're not going to, in my opinion, um, develop further. Um, I think it's really important to be willing to take risks. And you know what? If you make a mistake, you make a mistake, um, and you have to pick yourself up from it and and move forward. And you learn from your mistakes, just as we tell all our young people. Yeah. Uh, you know, and as a head teacher, you know, I've made many mistakes, but you know, the risks that I've taken have all paid off. Um, and similarly with my senior leadership team. Yeah. Um, the risks they've taken have all paid off too. So, and I guess usually those risks are are grounded in something. So, where do your where does your ability to take risks or to to take good risks, if there is such a thing, if you know what I mean, what is it grounded in, or what does it always come back to for you? What's that core? The the, the core is a bit, everything that we do and and everything that I want to do is is has the young people at the centre of absolutely everything. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we have to ensure that our young people are getting the best possible experience um, in class. They're, they're getting a great learning experience. Um, I also, very close to that, want everything. My staff are very important to us as well, you know, and I think empowering staff to take risks is so important also. Um, and they, they now have the same vision that, when they take a risk, um, you know, they'll come to me and they'll say to me, you know, well, go go and do it. Um, and it's all about the young people. Everything is about the young people. Um, and that that's massive, you know, and, and we keep saying, and it's one of our mantras, the young people are not just our future, but they're actually our here and now. Yeah. And we have to ensure that we are um, and getting these young people into the right pathways and, and having these taking these risks is so important to do so. Yeah. So coming back to that bit about community and building community, um, 
both of the more recent awards have had that community collaboration element to them. Um, and we know that building community doesn't happen overnight. It's like, what, what, what is it people say, like a, an overnight success took seven years, you know, <laughs> um, nothing happens overnight. So when you look back over that, that journey, um, what's really helped you to get to where you are now, but also what helps to sustain that? Because sometimes we can get there, but then sustaining it is another challenge in its in itself. Yeah. I think if I go back to see when I arrived in the school, um, yeah. when I in the school in 2013, um, the school, the attainment and achievement in the school was poor. It was real, a real poor ethos. Um, the, the environment just wasn't great. It had a poor reputation in, in the, the community and, and the curriculum just wasn't meeting the young people's needs. Mm -hmm. And in that first session, we spent the whole session reviewing our uh, curriculum. Um, and I made time in the working time agreement and, and everything for staff meetings, whole school meetings, etc. Um, and we involved all our partners, um, pupils, parents and carers in the full consultation. And some of the comments that came back from this, and this is why I'm saying this, because these comments are so important, yeah. um, that the most common things that came out of it were people saying, we want more excitement in the school, mm. in, our, in, our, in our learning. We want real and relevant teaching experiences. We want to be taught skills. Staff are very keen to look at timetabling and a bit of creative timetabling. Um, and the BGE was a huge focus from, from, from staff and from young people that they really wanted that to be a better journey for, for the young people. So from that, we created, we, we did a lot of work and we created our, our vision statement, which is about being at the heart of the community uh, working together to achieve excellence. Now, what is excellence? You know, are we ever going to get there? Um, yeah. But that that that's what our real goal is. And um, so that that is what every time we do something, it's always linked linked into our vision statement, um, yeah. and that's how we try and make things sustainable. Um, which which is great. But during when it hit twenty fourteen, we started to implement a number of 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 things. You know, so we introduced a thing called our Excite program which is an acronym for Exit Into Employment. Okay. And um, I'd asked the timetabler to go away on a, a, a Thursday because we moved to an asymmetric week and timetable all core subjects on a Thursday. Um, and he said, I can't do it, I can't do it. And then he came back and said, I've done it. Mm -hmm. um, and we had a column that had Excite in it, which allowed our young people, particularly we started off with those that were disengaged with the learning um, and it allowed us to put them out in a work placement day, one day a week, without them missing other subjects, mm -hmm. other than core PE, core RE, and core, or core PSE. Um, and that started our community work because mm -hmm. we got young people out into the community doing work placements. Some get apprenticeships out of it. Some are still employed in those places where mm -hmm. they went for their work placement. Um, and that became real, real, um, power, really powerful. Um, but but the big thing that, that kind of really drove, drove our community involvement was our business and computing department. They pioneered our community collaboration and, and made links with lots and lots of local um, and national um, bodies like YPI, perhaps for good, Subway Challenge, the Coca-Cola Challenge. And we started to introduce a lot of that into the BGE curriculum, which yeah. started to make things a bit more exciting and real and relevant for, for our yeah. young people. Um, and from that, we, we then said to our staff, each department, could you please make a link with a local 
employer, a local business. Um, so they did. So some of the things that we did, um, you know, our history department, for example, made links with the local museum. And now they have created a first year unit linked to the, the, the benchmarks that yeah. links to local history. So our young people are learning about local history in S1 and going home and speaking about it to their mums, dads, grannies and grandpas which was really quite powerful as well. And and we also had our English department link, make links with the local ferry company, Western Ferries, mm-hmm. and they did um, some creative writing with Western Ferries and they donated an iPad for a prize. Yeah. Um, we linked in with um, the Durinborough Hall where our art department started to work together and, and display, you know, do their exhibitions. We started to work with the Durin Film Festival um, and really drive... Um, you know, the, the, the film festival and do pop-up screenings in local primary schools and um, support the film festival. So these were just some of the things that, that, that we started to, to look at to drive our, make things more exciting, get the community involved. Um, and right from the day one, when we started to think about our vision, I was clear in my own head it had to link into the community. Yeah. You know, we're such a rural area we can't do everything ourselves. No. We've got so many people in our community that can support us. Um, and our young people, we want our young people to go into employment in our town if they can, yeah. you know, yeah. as well, if they, if they don't want to go into university or, or college or whatever. So that that's how it all came about. Yeah. Um, and it's just developed from then um, massively uh, mm. because there were so many success stories that people wanted to get involved you know, with with us, um, and that was really exciting. You know, probably do every year. Um, we hold a a, a, a kind of partners evening, mm-hmm. um, and we say to them, "Look, what, what skills are we not providing in our school curriculum that we mm-hmm. can provide to get them into employment in your 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 kind of career type thing?" And that helps us shape our curriculum offer every year. Yeah. Um, and, and that's really powerful as well. And to start off with, we only had maybe two or three turning up. Now we can get 20 partners turning up and, and just looking at our curriculum um, once a year, which is, it, it's it, it's amazing. And I, I get I can get go talk about it forever. It's just like, I'm so excited about it. It, it really is um, a powerful thing, um, working with your local community. It seems like you've got like a network of connections and threads that are weaving together. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, one of the big things that we got involved with um, recent, most recently, and that in many ways, this is one of the, I suppose, the, the, the kind of project that helped us win these awards. Mm-hmm. We got involved with a local group of businessmen um, who have created this a great idea called the Danoon Project, which uh-huh. is to make Danoon the adventure capital of the UK. Um, an idea would be um, on this area, which is called the Kilbride Hill, we would have the longest zip wire in, in possibly Europe. We would have a gondola going up the hill. There would be an alpine bar at the top of the hill, um, et cetera, et cetera. Now, um, I was asked to sit on the advisory board for, for the project. And, and one of the things um, I suggested was, well, you know, why can't the young people be involved in this? It's their town. And so we created a junior advisory board Mm -hmm. um, and we didn't go to our oldest learners. This time we went to our youngest learners, S1, S3, because it meant they could start to see some of the impact 
of, yeah. of the project. Um, so they came up um, with lots of great ideas. They came up with what kind of jobs you could get out of it. Um, if the you know when the project comes to fruition, because it will happen, okay. you know, and, and that's going to keep people in our town. It's going yeah. to bring people to our town. It's also going to allow our young people possibly to become entrepreneurs, yeah. and and create their own businesses. Um, you know, so that 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 that's a really exciting exciting project coming up. And our young people ran competitions with local primaries to design attractions. Um, they've held a a gala dinner in our school to, to highlight and showcase the Darun project. They've held a um, consultation evening in the school. They chaired everything. It was the young people that did it. Yeah. Um, and again, that, that's a really powerful thing. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, sounds a very exciting project as well, although I'm not sure I'm up for the zip wire, <laughs> I have to say. Um, so, so sustaining that and moving forward, is it... Are you at the point, do you think, where it's almost self-sustaining in a way or to a degree? I, I, I believe so. You know, one of the things um, I've been asked when I've been speaking about this is, you know, what happens if I, I left in grammar school? Mm, you know, yeah. and, and I truly believe that that vision now is embedded in our school. Yeah. And, and I, you know, if I left that, that would continue. You know, working with our local partners, working with people, um, and I think if it didn't, I think the community would be saying, "Why is this not happening?" Because yeah. um, they're used to it now. Yeah. Um, so I, I do think it's sustainable. I think the model's sustainable. Mm -hmm. um, what what I'm what I do feel is something that needs to happen is you know we've, we've focused a lot on our broad general education, mm -hmm. uh, um, but we need to focus a little bit more in our senior phase regarding this type of learning. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want you know I, I suppose in many ways you know I think it's all schools you know we're driven by the, the examination mm -hmm. model whereas if, if we can be more creative in the senior phase and to kind of develop this type of learning um, mm -hmm. as well I think that's something that would be quite exciting and, and that's something that we would be looking at as, as our next steps yeah what would you what would you like to see if you had a magic wand <laughs> I, th I think what would I like to see if I had a magic wand? I think the continuity and the progression from S1, 2 and 3, where we're seeing real life yeah. skills being developed, continuing that into S4 instead of us trying to maintain examination performance after examination performance. So, so continuing developing those skills. Yeah, yeah. And I guess that's also putting... The young people at the heart of what you do as well which is the the primary driver and the root of of everything that you're doing as well yeah absolutely there's a real theme coming through around the the way in which or or the the focus that you have on developing leadership within your young people really nurturing um that and i think it's easy to talk about involving young people but sometimes it can be um superficial maybe isn't quite the right word but it can be limited the way in which which they're involved so I guess I'm curious as well you know how have you got to the point where you have where your your pupils have that capacity and that ability to to take things and to run with them and to own them in the way that they they clearly are so again we've developed our, our young people's leadership um throughout the last 10 years yeah. and when I first arrived in the school there was a 
thing called the Senior Pupil Leadership Team, which was our head boy, head girl, vice, and our house captains. Yeah. And they did a lot of the, the, the kind of leadership around the school. They were involved in decision-making. They were involved in the wee working groups. They would attend meetings, etc. And I suppose just, just before COVID, um, one of the things that I, I wanted to try and do was replicate that across the school. So we introduced um, a junior pupil leadership team, which was our S1 to S3s. And again, we had to get them to apply for the post. They had to go through an interview process. And then we are selected for, for that post. And they started to really, we started to see them really grow in confidence. Um, they were involved again in our, our focus groups. They were involved in our improvement planning. They were involved in making decisions if we were talking about, for example, our new mobile phone policy or something. They, they were they were giving the feedback and they were taking a lot of that back to their own classes. Um, we had our, our, our school council um, and obviously our house councils. Um, the house councils would meet once every month and then the school council would meet once every term and they would come and they would share the pupil feedback and they would then take it back to, to this, the, the classrooms. And we always did a youth you said we did, so the pupils could see what, what was happening. Um, and from from that, we then felt that our, our fourth years were being left out, hmm. our fourth and fifth years. So we now we have uh, an MPLT, which is our middle pupil leadership team, and that follows the same process where they apply, etc. Yeah. Um, absolutely amazing. And see see the the some of the young people that are not confident and how they go into these roles and just grow into it. Yeah. it, it it's, it's amazing. We have... Um, MVP, um, a lot of our young people have been trained in MVP, peer mentors are their S6, S1 buddies we have mental health ambassadors we work very closely with CME um, and as I said we have lots of people focus groups um, to help us shape the direction of the school um, and a lot of our pupils are involved in community projects as I've spoken about and, and they're taking a lead in that you know yeah. they, they are leading it, the teachers just, the, the you know the the person at the side facilitating, but our young people are leading that. And I think, you know, they see what we try and do, particularly, you know, things like YPI, which is our second year, our, all our second year involved in that. What we do is we let the first year see the grand final so that they know what's coming yeah. and they try and do better the next year. And, you know, so it's just, it just gets better and better. Uh, but some of the community projects, you know, our, our, our junior pupil leadership team always do a Christmas appeal that we always, it's not an appeal actually, it's like Christmas gifts and they take them out into people in the community, such as, you know, the ambulance services, the fire services, the place and we drop off goodie bags, biscuits, etc. and everything. And they're involved in the food bank, like a lot of local schools. And, and but one of the other things that we also have, which is really exciting and um, since COVID we, we haven't done it as much and it's just been reintroduced but it's called DGS We Higgies which mm -hmm. is about um, doing grammar schools own a pupil version of how good is our school yeah. and our young people created three QIs themselves quality indicators themselves um, and what they do is they have a conversation with class teachers and then they, they observe the class teacher and they give feedback to the class teacher um, and that's our young people taking a lead in their learning again. Uh, really exciting stuff and, and, and very, again, really, um, I know I use the word powerful a lot, but it's a really powerful tool that also. Mm. Has that met with any resistance? 
to, to start with, when we when we started to look at it, um, you know, it, it was difficult to change the mindset of, of staff, um, quite rightly so, because, you know, you're thinking, oh, my goodness, but yeah. we've been doing it for such a long time now, it's just normal. Um, as I said, since COVID, it, it's not been consistent, and, you know, we're, we're now moving back to, to that consistent approach, um, and we train our young people up on what, what that looks like, um, and what a good lesson looks like, etc., and, and, and everything, so they get a bit of training on that. Um, but now it's just normal. Um, I, I give the example of one of our business teachers. Um, she was was teacher class. She had a, a fourth, fifth year pupil um, observing her, and she thought she was doing the right thing by giving them lots of practical work to do. But the feedback that came from the pupils said the practical work's great, but we would like a little bit more theory work. Can you maybe give in? And she 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 was quite my goodness. I, I thought they would want more practical. Yeah. So you know that type of thing is is, yeah. is really strong for the teacher. Yeah. Um, looking back, is there anything you would do differently or do sooner than you 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 did it? Do you think? I, I think the pace of change with us has has been appropriate. I think, um, you know, to make things and embed things, I think it, you have to make sure that you're not doing things too quickly. Um, so I think the pace of change has has been been useful. It has been good. I'd, if I was going to do something differently, I think one of the things I would probably do is, is, is maybe try and get out if we were going to look at doing this again, if you like, maybe getting out into the outlying areas more. You know, so mm -hmm. we have pupils that travel 25, 26 miles to school. And one of the things that concerned me at the time was, well, you know, do these parents in the community out in Tinnabruch, for example, really understand what we're trying to do in, in the school? Now we, we can use, uh, you know, Teams or Zoom or, or Google Meet, which is great. Mm -hmm. But um, I think that's what I would do differently to make sure that everybody, every single person was was aware of what we were trying to do and they had their say in what we were going to do. Yeah. And, you know, there will be people listening who will feel like they're some way off, you know, where you are or, or their version of, of what you've achieved. Um, do you have any advice for people at that point? Maybe people who feel like, they spend a lot of their days firefighting or caught up in, you know, operational things and not being able to kind of lift themselves out to do some of that more strategic work. And I guess the work we all come into this, this, you know, field for any advice for people at those different stages? You go through good and bad days, as we all say, um, as, we, as we said right at the very start. Um, advice for me is don't give up. Never, yeah. never give up in what what you believe. Yeah. Um, really, always follow your heart, and mm -hmm. and make sure that you continue to do so. Um, I think you know the risk taking, continue to take risks, but we all have to firefight. We all have to 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 do that, and a lot of my strategic work takes place at night, and I choose to do that, mm -hmm. um, because I like to be in amongst things during the day. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, you have to make time for that strategic work, um, whether, you know, it's early in the morning, I go into work early, I'm usually in for about quarter past seven, and that first 45 minutes when nobody's in the school, I, I love because that lets me start to think, and I, I use that really, really wisely, um, as I do at night time um, as well, um, although my family will probably tell them something, <laughs> <laughs> sitting at that computer again. Uh, 
I also think, you know, another bit of advice is, you know, empower your staff, particularly the middle leaders. The middle leaders are so important. They're the engine room of a school. Mm. Um, and really give them some freedom. You know, don't 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 overmanage them. You know, let them have that freedom to to go away and and to take their own risks. Um, so that's a really really um, important bit of advice. Um, yeah. And listen to young people. Mm. You know, listen to young people. They, they are the people. They are they are clients. Yeah. So it's really important again to to listen to them. And they can be so astute as well. Oh. They can nail it. <laughs> And you know, they when you when you're sitting listening to to a young person, um, you know they just get it, um, mm. and they can they just you know you think oh my goodness they they they've got it this this is where we need to go you know and I was sitting with a, a parent today um and who who whose whose daughter's in sixth year and she's feeling a bit down um and she feels she didn't get the results she got like wanted last year etc and everything um and she feels that you know we could be doing more for her to, to get up where she's wanting. So I was with that parent today. So, so tomorrow I'll sit with that young person um, and get a bit of a 360 feedback from her yeah. just about where the school is and, and how she's feeling just now. And I think we have to be, again, another bit of advice, we have to be open to do that, you know, because we don't get things right all the time. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's about just being open and, and honest yeah. um, as you move forward. So what's next? What's on the horizon? Uh, firstly, for you as a school or a community, I should say. So we want to continue to provide appropriate courses um, and qualifications um, for, for our young people. Um, so the staff have been working very hard um, looking um, at the SEQF framework to see what other opportunities we can offer. Um, we've just introduced a new esports room um, in the school, so it's a big gaming room in the school, um, but it's a, a level five and level six um, qualification our young people get. It's not just about gaming; it's about marketing, it's about business, it's about all sorts of things. Yeah. Um, so we are we're now developing that. We have um, three, two, two third year classes, two fourth years, and a fifth year class, fifth and sixth year class. Um, really popular. So we want to develop that into a really exciting um, room. It's, it's an amazing room when you go into it. Um, and in fact, some of our our more challenging young people, um, they are in there and it's changed their behaviour. It's changed their choices. They just love it, um, um, which is great. So that's one of the things that we want to be able to to further develop and, and develop our pathways to ensure we're meeting all the young people's young people's needs. Um, and as I said earlier on, I want to look at our senior phase and look at how can we continue what we're doing in yeah. the BGE and the senior phase. So that, that would be our next steps. Yeah. And if you were to zoom out a little bit more and thinking more broadly about education and, dare I say the word, reform, <laughs> what do you think might be on the horizon or what do you see in the future? Well, personally... I think we're at a really exciting time in Scottish education. Um, I think opening up the national conversation was a genius idea um, mm -hmm. to be able to to get all of that feedback. Um, I think, you know, little, when you read um, some of the documentations and you read some of the, the, the part of the conversation, every single thing is focusing on young people, like we're saying. And I, I think that what we've been going to be 
well, I, I feel what's going to happen is we're going to be allowed to create our own curriculum that's linked to our own local context, and we're going to get a bit more freedom for that, being a bit, you know, a bit more empowerment. Um, but we need to stop being driven by examinations. You know, it, there has to be a gold standard, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, obviously, there's talk of the national five qualifications being much more internally assessed, verified, verified, etc. I, I think that's a great um, way forward. Um, and I think our young people will benefit from that. But we still have to have a gold standard. Um, and, you know, whether that be higher or whatever, we, but we still have to have have that sitting there. But we also have to have alternative routes. And I think reform is going to be, allow us to be a bit more creative mm. um, with, with our, our curriculum. Mm. And that will be very exciting, given how creative you've already been with what you do. <laughs> Hopefully, do you know, I, you just... You know, somebody says, is that you finished? No, no, we're not. This is just the start of our journey, you know. We're, we're, we've got another 10 years to go to, to get where we want to be. Um, but I do think it's going to be really exciting as, as we move forward. Yeah. Just something that's coming to mind as, as, we're, as we're speaking, I guess, you know, we've talked a lot about collaboration within your community and collaboration with your community. And what role does collaboration broader than that play? You know, whether that's you as head teacher with others or your school with other schools, how, where, where else does collaboration have a place for you? Well, funnily you should say that because um, during COVID, um, I linked up with Craig Patterson, who I'd, I'd never met. Um, <laughs> and we, we just connected through Twitter, actually, um, and we've now created a partnership with Allness Academy, where he's head teacher. And um, we have shared our resources across both schools. Craig's been to visit us. We'll be going to visit him. And from that, it is now linked in that we have a number of other schools, like four schools, wanting to come in and join us as a bit of a partnership. Yeah. Um, and and look at how we can share our resources across all our establishments. Um, and I, I think. That's the way to go as we move forward, that schools should be working together. Um, you know, not just schools in your own authority. You know, the, the, the five schools that have linked in here um, mm. are all from different local authorities. Yeah. Um, you know, we want to link our departments together. We want to link our, link our senior um, leadership teams together, our principal teachers, um, and just share. You know, we're all trying to do the same thing. So yeah. let, let's collaborate more. So for me, that that's going to be quite exciting as we move forward into the coming session yeah because I guess just being in the same local authority or being in the same RIC even doesn't necessarily mean that that collaboration and connection will naturally happen it takes a bit of effort and intention doesn't it and I guess that that intention that effort come can come from different sources and different routes it doesn't have to be because you were told to <laughs> yeah and and that's how uh, I suppose um, the, the relationship I have with Craig has happened. It's just it just happened, mm -hmm. um, and you know we were we were following each other on Twitter, and you were saying, "My goodness, what he's doing is really exciting." Mm -hmm. What is you know what he's trying to do here? This is great, um, and that's how it just blossomed. Yeah, uh, and it's actually really nice when when you find somebody like that who thinks similar to you, but mm -hmm. also thinks a bit differently. To, to, yes. you know it's a bit of a silly thing to say but you know you know you're similar but there's a different angle coming in 
Um, and you know, I I found that really really helpful, even just to talk. Yes. You know? Yes, because the the role of a head teacher can be a lonely, a lonely role in some ways. Um, and yes. having that connection with other with other heads, particularly perhaps if they're not in the same local authority, then there's perhaps a freedom that comes with that conversation as well. Absolutely. David, your, your passion for your school community and your wider community um, shines through and the way you tell your the story of your school is so clear and has so much energy to it. So thank you for taking the time to share that with, with, with me and all those who are, are listening at the moment. But you will know we don't... Um, we finish all of our podcasts with the same two questions. For the, so the first question is, what are you reading at the moment? Well, believe it or not, um, I'm reading um, one of Gavin Oates' books just now, oh. um, which is a, a head full of everything. Um, okay. And the reason that I'm, I'm reading it is, I think since the last couple of years, I think we have, it's been a challenge for staff and young people yeah. Um, and I wanted to read something that let me try and see how young people think yeah. um, and how we can support them more. Um, and this book really talks about, you know, normal. What is normal? There isn't a normal, you know. Yeah. And, and at the moment, what I'm getting from the book is, you know, every young person, and we know this, but this is confirmed that every young person is an individual and we need to be treating them as an individual and, and really trying to... Um, support them um, into whatever they want to do, but just about, I suppose, what goes on in their minds, you mm -hmm. know, to try and support them um, much more than, you know, that, or, or more than we're actually doing. Yeah. Um, so that's the reason I'm actually reading it. I just want to try and see if I can understand what a teenager is thinking. You know, I've got two teenagers myself, and sometimes I think, what are they thinking? <laughs> and, and, and you know, it must be a really crazy, and that's what the book talks about, it's just a crazy thing that goes on in your head when you're a teenager. Mm -hmm. um, peer pressure, everything. Um, so this book, um, is, is the reason I chose to read that book is, is, is because of that, to help me understand what was on in their minds. <laughs> quite, a, quite a task in itself. Yeah. Um, and the, the final question is, do you have a quote or a message you would like to leave the listeners with? I think I've kind of said it. I think it's about um, please go out and take risks, measured risks, just go out and do it. Um, I, I have been so lucky to have the support of my local authority um, when I've been taking those risks. Um, and I, I think if I hadn't been able to take those risks, we wouldn't be in a position that we're in just now. Um, I think we just have to go and do it. Yeah, just go and do it take those risks and you're right you said it earlier you know as adults we're not always so keen on making mistakes and how that feels when we make a mistake but of course it is all part of that learning process as I said before thank you so much for taking the time to share telling the story of your of your school and of your school community and um, a real sense of the passion and drive and the collaboration that you have so thank you thanks very much for having me Thanks for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it and found it useful. If you enjoy listening, you can support us by following on your preferred platform, sharing on social media or leave us a review. Thanks again.